Good morning. Taylor Hymnus here with 41 Action News, another episode of Faith in KC. Glad you're um, watching this latest episode. We've done more than a dozen now. I'm glad you've been able to take part in these. If this is your first one, welcome. Uh, I always like to say that I appreciate your comments and your thoughts here on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well and, and look for me there uh, if you'd like to let me know what you think about these episodes or have questions. Um, I say this about every episode, but excited about this one as well because this is my first chance today to talk to a Catholic priest on, on this series. Uh, my guest today is Father Luis Suarez of Sacred Heart Guadalupe Parish in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I, I will say, I hope you noticed, because I definitely did whenever his interview pops up in a moment, the, the beauty of the church around him. And obviously that's something that's associated with Catholic churches is, is the, the beauty both inside and out um, of, those, of those churches. And I really noticed it whenever we started our interview and, and just noticed the backdrop behind him in the beautiful church here in Kansas City. Um, I've talked about, I think, um, on this series that I grew up in a small East Texas town, about 1,200 people, um, and no Catholic churches. I was not around um, practicing Catholics uh, at all as a child um, and didn't learn more about it a whole lot until uh, I got to college, Abilene Christian University, and, and met uh, a, a good friend of mine who was a Catholic and she taught me a lot about her faith and, and learned more about it um, during our time as friends there in, in school and was exposed even more to it when I went to move to San Angelo, Texas for work and obviously a um, large number of Catholics and a Hispanic population there in San Angelo uh, and I learned um, more about it there but I still don't know enough about Catholicism nearly as much as I should honestly. Um, it still feels foreign to me. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to talk to uh, Father Suarez. Uh, and he was, as you'll see in this interview, um, a really great source of information. We talk about this season of Lent that we're in right now. You may be observing Lent right now. I hope that's going well for you and you're getting um, you're getting out of it what you want to get out of it if you've chosen to, to observe Lent right now as we head up to Easter and Good Friday before. Uh, we talk about his church and what uh, it's been like for him to have people come back to confession for the first time, and he said 20-plus years in some cases. And just his his community and his congregation, what life has been like for him. You know, he, he told me, you'll hear it in the interview, that um, his congregation has a lot of people in it who work jobs that you can't do on a computer uh, and who have been really impacted by COVID-19 over the last year um, from a professional standpoint and a work standpoint and a money standpoint. It was interesting to hear from him um, how working through that kind of hardship intersects with with faith. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. I definitely did. Thanks again to Father Suarez. Again, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email me at taylor.hymnus at kshb.com if you have thoughts or questions about this series or people who have appeared on it or even suggestions about who could be our next guest. But for now, uh, enjoy this latest episode of Faith in KC. Well, Father Luis, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, Taylor, uh, thank you very much. Good morning to uh, everybody, to Action News. Good to see you with you. So uh, I believe I'd have to go back and look. We've been, I've done about a dozen or so of these episodes, but I, I think you are only my second guest to not be born in America. Tell me about you and where you're from. Well, uh, I am from Colombia, so the, from the beautiful country of Colombia in South America. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been in America? I've been already for uh, almost uh, eight years. Uh, eight years. Yeah. 
in the Diocese of the United States, with the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. Uh, I went a little bit to school in Connecticut to learn new language. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, to finish my theology, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was reading about you. Uh, so you started in Connecticut. To go from Columbia to Connecticut has got to be quite a, quite an interesting jump. What was your first time in the U.S. like up there in Connecticut? It was uh, a summer 2012, and uh, uh, it was just pretty hot, more than Bogota city, uh, which is pretty cold. So it was a huge change all, all the time, you know. It was very, very, very interesting, very excited because uh, not only because the weather, because the language and just the fact of meeting people from uh, from uh, different nationalities like Mexico, from Kenya, from Nigeria, uh, from uh, some countries in Latin America, USA people. It was just a wonderful experience. Yeah. That shows what I know because I just assumed that Colombia would be much warmer than Connecticut. And now you're here talking about the Connecticut was hot whenever you got there in the summer. Well, Colombia has a beautiful climes as well. You got tropical climes. We're speaking that Colombia, the middle where the where, where I came from, it is Bogota city, it's cold city. Uh, but if you go, if you move north a little bit, uh, you are in Cartagena, the beautiful city of Cartagena, uh, San Andres Islands, uh, Barranquilla. This is a beautiful, beautiful city that the, the weather is, 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 is kind of hot constantly the whole year, all long year, yeah. Well, there you go. So see, I, we, get, we get to talk about Catholicism and about geography this morning. So I appreciate your, your, your input into that. Um, one of the big reasons I wanted to, to reach out and speak to you and, and uh, specifically speak to a Catholic priest uh, this morning, and you're my first Catholic priest to talk to as well, uh, is because we're in the season of Lent. Um, for, for people who are not familiar uh, or who don't necessarily celebrate Lent. Tell me about the importance of this this time that we're in right now. Well, Lent is a beautiful, a beautiful journey for 40 days where you reflect about your friendship with Almighty God. Uh, you review how close you are to God, how far you are from God, and uh, what are the things that you're missing in life? What are the things that you always can improve, you can do better? Uh, Lent is an opportunity to die about your sins. Yeah. About uh, it's, it's about to to come out to new life, you know. Die about your ego, your arrogance, your hatred, envy, your greed, your laziness, uh, your bad words. Change your bad bad attitudes, you know. Uh, let's. I think it's not about me, me, me. It's about. It's it's not about. Ego, ego, ego. It's about God, God, God. It's uh, it's encountering with God and your neighbor who is in need. Um, for us, for Catholics, uh, we have three pillars um, for Lent: prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer is getting in touch with God. To prayer, uh, you can ask God to change your heart, your attitudes. Fasting is giving up something. Uh, and I said to give it to somebody else. If you give it up, you hamburger. Oh man, you can. You know that somebody is is waiting for the hamburger in the streets, in the corners. You know, there's something great to do it. And I'm giving is practicing that, practicing charity. I'm I'm giving is no is is giving to somebody else who is in need. Um, for us Catholics, uh, let's say it's a it's a way to prepare ourselves 
to celebrate the main events of Jesus Christ's uh, life, the passion of our Lord, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's that's great. Do you do you feel like this Lenten season is a time where some people who I wouldn't necessarily call religious, not definitely not Catholic, but people that don't necessarily practice religion on a, on a regular basis, maybe kind of touch it a little bit more because you hear from people all the time, hey, what are you giving up for Lent? What do you, and and I, I'm not Catholic, but I have often cho- chosen to give something up for the, for the Lenten season. Do you feel like this is a time of the year when people who aren't necessarily overly religious kind of still walk up to that line some with the, with the sacrifice? Yeah, I think uh, since last year, we, we, we started a pandemic last, a year ago, and it, it was a great opportunity for, for being united as one family, you know? I, I, I think uh, a lot of people have been practicing almsgiving, charity, giving to somebody who is in need. We saw a lot of, a lot of ways of uh, practicing and exercising, exercising charity. Uh, I think uh, we have been doing that too as well. Not necessarily you need to be Catholic to, to exercise charity. I think it's, it's, it's a commitment for everybody that our Lord asks, and not only for Catholics, but it's in your heart as well. You feel love, you love somebody, and you feel uh, you can give to somebody and as a way and appreciation, and, and that's, that's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because as you and I record this this morning, uh, it's Thursday morning as we record this, and it's today's the one-year anniversary of when the World Health Organization said it's a pandemic, it's a global pandemic, and, and called COVID-19 that as we record that. I'm, I'm curious about just what the Catholic faith has to say about times of trouble like this. I mean, we, we're, we've now gone through a year of awful, basically, for so, so many people. Is there Are there basic tenets, are there parts of the Catholic faith that say when we are in times of trouble, when we are in the darkness, when we're in the lowest, this is how we should respond that are maybe different for other people? Uh, the church and our Lord invite us to, to count with him. Be united to our Lord. Uh, be united to God and be united as brothers and sisters. Uh, the devil divide us, but God unites us. I would say due to the pandemic, uh, uh, to not be terrified, to not be panicked, you know, uh, I, th- I think our, our Lord invite us to, uh, in, in, in his gospel says, peace, I leave you, my peace, I give it to you. Not as the world gives to do, to that, that I give it to, to you. Uh, to not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. So that's, that's, that's the peace that we have received from, from, from our Lord. And that's something great that the church invites us to be united as brothers and sisters and all of these situations and embrace peace uh, uh, as, as one, you know, as one family. That's great. Yeah. Uh, do you take confession there at your, at your parish? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. You know, it, it strikes me, uh, and as, as I say in, in all these episodes, I'm, I'm a churchgoer. I've been a, a member of faith community all my life, and I've had conversations with different preachers over different difficult times of my life, but I've never been to confession. I've never uh, been in a situation where I go and, and uh, enumerate things like that on a regular basis. Um, in a year like this, where it's just been so hard for so many people, I, I can't imagine the kinds of things you're hearing when people come to the confession booth. The, the amount of the amount of pain that's being kind of poured out when people come to confess is that 
Has that been your experience this year? Uh, I can feel, I can, I can get the, the feeling of that, that people, they were watching when all of this getting into a situation of the pandemic and they didn't know what to do. They wanted to come to church. They want to make a confession. They want to, Father, I, I want to do it. And so many were on the phone and say, Father, could you, could you hear my confession? And I can feel the, the, the need, the thirsty, uh, the hunger for, for coming into confession and, and enjoy the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation, which you receive that peace the love, the, the happiness in, in your conscience that helps you, you uh, to, to reconcile with God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an experience. And a, uh, we were kind of, by the dice, allowed to, you know, distance ourselves uh, at first and, you know, obviously following the, the restrictions of the city and the CDC department. Uh, yeah, but I, uh, mostly at the beginning was a, a really good need, but I, Afterwards, uh, it's been a little more regulated, yeah. Yeah. We started this Faith in KC series uh, as kind of a, an acknowledgement of people maybe coming back to faith for the first time in a long time because of the, the difficult year that so many people have been. Maybe people picking up faith for the first time in a long time because of what they've been going through over the last year. Catholicism strikes me as one of those that you hear about that a person may say, well, I was raised Catholic but I'm no longer a practicing Catholic, or I, I, I have been to Catholic church before, but I don't necessarily observe that kind of thing. It, and not to say that it's a faith that people step into and walk away from, but it, it seems like people almost mark times in their life with how, how actively they are participating in their Catholic faith. Is, is, that a, is that a fair way to talk about how people participate? Well, um, some people have uh, probably had a hard time with faith, and uh, probably they they left. Uh, I don't know what exactly the reasons for. Uh, I think we have our Catholic faith is beautiful. On the other hand, I I know I, I have some good friends, um, at least uh, five six friends. Uh, they became Catholic. They were from a different denominational uh, congregation, and they 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 got a point that you know they say I want to become Catholic because I know about the gospel, I know about the Bible, I know about uh, Jesus Christ, but I'm missing something. And that is when, when the Protestant churches, you know, they, they feel like, okay, they reach the more they can, and they are ready for the sacraments that the Catholic Church offers. You know, sure. uh, confession, communion every Sunday, uh, coming to church, having a uh, joyful community as well, uh, continue reading the gospel, practicing and exercising, I think that's beautiful, yeah, yeah, and a, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have, have you have you encountered people over the last year that have come to you and said, "Father, I haven't been in a church building in a long time." Like, has has that happened at all over the last year? Yeah, a few. A few. Uh, some some of the people came over and said, "Father, you know what? Uh, it's been twenty five years since my last confession. That's interesting, uh, Father. I've been." I've been I've been far away from from God, but this is my time. Uh, you know what? I I've been living with my wife for 25 years, 30 years, and you know what? I want to get married. This is the time. I we got some in the a couple two couples in the catechumenal way because they didn't get the sacraments. One of the spouses 
didn't get the sacraments. Uh, so she felt like, I want to be baptized. I want my sacraments right now. I don't want to wait anymore. This is the time that the voice is talking to me. I, I was raised with no faith, but uh, I choose to be Catholic because I, 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 I learned about the gospel. I, I think it's, it's the right way to do it, and I want to become Catholic. This Easter, I'm receiving um, uh, uh, two adults, uh, speaking about 35 years or older, 40 years, they are getting all the sacraments. They are receiving baptism, first communion, and confirmation on Easter video. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And some other people through the year as well, they came, to, they came back to church, and, and they are right there. Yeah. So there is some joy and, and, and if positive effects the pandemic, I will say. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to ask just on a, on a personal level, because obviously you're dealing with, with parishioners all the time on a pretty personal level. And, and whether it be through confession or through regular service, that kind of thing, you're, you're dealing with people on a lot of different levels. Personally, do you feel pressure whenever it's a situation like that, when someone says, Father, I haven't been here and I haven't. I haven't confessed in 25 years. Do, do you feel pressure just in your in your role as a priest to go, okay, I, I have to welcome this person in a certain way. I have to, what, what do you feel whenever someone starts with, I have been here in 25 years? Uh, at first I was surprised. and like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> but this is going to take uh, a, a long time, you know? This is going to take <laughs> right. a, a good 20 minutes or 30 minutes easily, you know? So I, 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 I devout myself and say, well, okay, that's great. I... God is waiting. God is waiting for you. You are here. Let's let's do it together. I help the person to walk into the sacrament, especially for confession, and uh, they can highlight maybe good five things, uh, very very substantially <laughs> things they committed, you know. But I helped asking them a little more questions, more detailed questions, and that that helps to open the sacrament and enjoy in a good conversation as well, and the. The person takes out, uh, takes out whatever they, whatever they need to to do it, you know. So that's that's good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Father, is, is your church, your parish, largely a Hispanic congregation? Uh, uh, yes, uh, predominantly about uh, I would say seventy-five percent. It's it's a Hispanic uh, congregation. We got people from Mexico, uh, from Guatemala, from Honduras, a uh, few Colombian families. Um, uh, there is an, uh, uh, what else, uh, let me see, um, El Salvador, we have a few families from El Salvador, yeah, yeah. What would you say um, this year has been like for Hispanic families? I, I, I know enough and have been around enough to know that maybe even more so than any other community that I know of, Hispanic families are extremely tight-knit and and do so so much together um and this pandemic has forced so many families to to not be able to do this and in in i'm talking about multi-generation situations where grandparents can't see grandchildren on because of health reasons what what's this year been like on on a family a typical family in your congregation being on the part of the hispanic community i feel sorry first of all uh i think the hispanic community has been tremendously affected in the last year, today word is is the is the is, is a year that the country was closed down. Um, a lot of them got infected with the COVID, uh, uh, and, uh, and also a lot of them uh, lost their lives. Uh, 
it, there is pain, there is sadness in, in their hearts, you know. Yeah. But financially speaking, uh, they were more affected. Uh, the Hispanic lost their jobs. Uh, as we know, a lot of them work in the restaurants, hotels, uh, and service industry. Uh, that's, that's wonderful because you need to be there in person, you know, uh, where you cannot work from home. They couldn't just sit down in the computer and, and work from the computer, you know. That's, sure. that's a huge difference, you know. So we're speaking a different, a real reality that people that get affected in, in the community, and that's the Latino community because they do, they do a lot of the jobs that some people don't want to do, and they are very, very handy, very, very generous with the time, and they, they are very good at helping to, to maintain um, a, the country in so many ways. Yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, you know, a lot of these conversations that I've had with different people, uh, hope has come up on a pretty regular basis. And and that sounds like a situation I've been very blessed in that I've not lost a job over the last year. And I've been able to, except for a couple of weeks here and there, come to work and, and do a job. Um, how do you how do you address hope and or hopelessness? whenever you're telling a person or a person in your church has lost their job and there's clear, clearly no avenue for them to get that job back for quite some time. Uh, they're looking at a situation where this may never come back or it's gonna be, I don't know when it's gonna come back. How do you, I mean, how do you walk that line of hope versus hopelessness whenever people are talking about their, their, their livelihood? Well, the first months I was, uh, I was praying and, and you know, what to do, uh, how can I help? And uh, um, I saw all of this uh, uh, huge company, Harvesters, which is very, very generous. So I decided to, to apply for the, for with them and say, could you help us and send all of these application and recommendations, letters and all of this. And so uh, our community of Sacred Heart in, in, in the West Side and I've very been blessed with, with Harvesters. Um, Harvesters have been providing once a month. Uh, we're speaking about 10, 15, uh, two weeks ago, we got 21 tons of food and we are being um, uh, distributing uh, this food to the, to the community. I want to be um, very graciously and amazed to, uh, to our congregation, to our uh, people who served and come out and happily and joyfully distribute this, this food you know, just uh, passing the food uh, around, it's just great. Uh, and they've been generous with the time. And I want to say thank you to our volunteers. We have a night Columbus and people from the both sides, Latino community and from the uh, um, Anglo community as well. Some uh, Mexican-American people that come out and volunteer and say, but you know what, this is great. We want to do this. And at least we, we are receiving this food from harvesters once a month. So that's one of the ways we decided to, to do it, to help our community. Uh, no matter who, where comes, comes and they get it, whatever they, they send to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that um, most people of faith, no matter the, uh, the way they, they worship and observe that faith, I think that a lot of people are able to understand the term of something that is maybe a, a faith strengthener in their life, something that they lived through that made their faith a little bit stronger, um, and something that they lived through that made their life a little bit more of a challenge, a, a faith challenger, something that really challenged what they believe in. I, 
you know, not to, to go too far in, but my, my wife and I had uh, fertility issues for a long time trying to have a baby. And I, I tell people it was a faith strengthener for me because I knew eventually it was going to happen. And it was a faith challenger for her because she really had real questions for God in those years that we were trying, like, why isn't this happening for us? I say all that to say, you, you've talked about people that have come back after a long time. Have you encountered people that have said, you know what? I don't, I don't see God anymore. I, this is, this is too hard on me. It's too hard on my family. I, I don't know. This isn't doing it for me anymore. Like the people that are, that have been challenged to a point of, of walking away. Have you encountered that? Uh, uh, a few, a few of them, uh, they feel totally lost. They feel, uh, that probably they meant to be see, uh, doing a lot of, a lot, a lot of activities and leaving God as a second, as a second, uh, chance, you know? So yeah. that's why the pandemic has been teaching some people that God is first and then the rest of the activities comes next. <laughs> so, um, I, I think, uh, I, I met a few, a few, a few people with that experience that said, you know, father, I, I, I'm totally lost. I, I am depressed. I am suffering just being home or I don't know what to do for my family, with my kids, you know, uh, you know, th that kind of needs also materially, you know, speaking like there is no food, uh, you know, those things like move me to, okay, we need to do something materially, you know, to, to do something for our community. Yeah. Uh, obviously, spiritually, we pray together, we sit down and, and listen to them and say, okay, let us, let us, let us pray. Uh, that's good that you came because this is what is about God. You are taking out all of these feelings and you are allowing God to come into yourself. So when you feel like you are totally lost, oh goodness, God acts right there. God comes into your rescue. When you feel like this is totally destroyed, it's, um, it collapsed everything, uh, God, that's the beginning for, for, for God to start to act in that person. And you feel like then you are coming back, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's my personal feeling. And uh, yes, we had a, 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 some people like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, Catholicism just as a whole, if I could. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, don't don't worry. I won't make you talk about the. You know, it's great. It's like, great. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, but it's been good. It, it strikes me. It strikes me as we're in the middle of a global pandemic that everyone everyone around the world is is encountering this in some way. You know, I I am I'm a member of a Church of Christ, and I've been to lots of different churches of Christ that have different ways of doing things, even within that own, that, that denomination, um, right. that can have real variances. Um, as a, as a Catholic, are there, is there almost an awareness of this is, this is kind of how we, we do it. And there are Catholics all around the world that speak every language you can think of and are in every kind of country, every kind of environment. Does it almost feel I don't want to say more unifying than another religion, but what's that that unifying aspect do you feel of, of Catholicism, knowing that people all around the world um, observe this this particular faith in the same way? Well, uh, absolutely. The one who unites us is, is Almighty God, is Jesus Christ. And the first thing that unites us uh, is, uh, I mean, being baptized, uh, obviously, but the Holy Eucharist. That's yeah. something great. The mass, just having the presence, the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, and, uh, and the bread and the precious blood, 
wherever you go, this can be here, you can, this can be Colombia, this can be Guam, this can be France, this, uh, anywhere you go, you know, in the United States, there is a Catholic church and there is a chance to come over into the church and come over and kneel down and pray and say, I am here. Uh, I'm receiving right now a, a lady from Colombia that uh, came over because her son got sick. He studies at Walker's University and uh, she came over and somehow she reached to the diocese and they reached me and uh, we come over and say, okay, what do you need? And she was, okay, I am here and I don't know anybody here and I don't speak the language. Do not worry, we are here to, to help you. Um, to what, what did you need? And she was uh, right here in a hotel close to Plaza, uh, you know, feeling very, very sad and not, not having a place to go just by herself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so we come over and helped. Uh, that's the language to love. That make us Christians, that make us uh, Catholics, that make us, uh, and I will do a, I've been doing this because, uh, you know, not only, not only because she's Colombian, obviously, but you know, <laughs> she was in need and I, <laughs> uh, I, I come over and, and helped. And I think it's, it's a great opportunity for me, you know, to get an, another step close to heaven because I need to be charitable as well. Not only preaching, I need to be in action as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to, but, 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 but I would say just definitely the, the Holy Eucharist, you know, and uh, that the church is present everywhere. There is an, a rectory, there is a church, there is a place, there is an office that you can kind of come over to the, to the door and, and as the gospel says, knock and the door will be open and we'll see we can do it. How can we work together? Uh, what we can do for the person who is in need or we have a lot of ministries in the, in the, in the diocese and a, um, for the Latinos, for immigrants and a, uh, for those who are in, in, in prison and jail as well. There is a lot of ways to to embrace somebody who is in need. Yeah, yeah. I've I've spoken with other uh, leaders of congregations in this series of, of different faith communities, and I've asked a lot of them this question: um, What do you hope that your church specifically has has learned during this last year about how to? how to church for lack of a better phrase. I mean, you've mentioned some of the charity that you guys have done with food specifically. Um, what do you, what do you hope moving forward your church has learned about how to maybe do things differently or better than, than you did pre pandemic? Um, definitely we need to, uh, look for, for, for the other, for the person who is in need, for the one who is down, for the one who is not coming to church, for the one who is isolated, for the one who is probably uh, in drugs, uh, you know, uh, we all are a, a, we are living in stones. We are the church. It's not only the building. The building is just a place to 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 get together, to uh, to get uh, together and and, uh, and praise to Almighty God. But we need to. We are the church. So since we are, we need to be. Uh, part of that, those situations, and help those who are uh, in need. I, I would say that uh, I think the, there is a lot of people that probably don't fear God. Probably they are uh, just in a different situations, uh, but they need God absolutely, and probably they are on time to do it. And it's our duty to bring them uh, to to 
to feel loved, to feel appreciated, to feel part of the community, to feel um, uh, all baptized and members of the, of the same body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they are part of it, and uh, they need to be with us. We need to help them. It's our duty to look for the for the one who is lost, uh, the lost sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I, I, I really appreciate your time. There's one other thing I want to ask you before I let you go this morning. We are, when this episode comes out, we're going to be, I think, three weeks out from Easter. Um, as we get closer to uh, what many faiths consider to be the, the holiest time of, of the year, especially Christian faiths believed to be. Um, if someone watches this that has been in that, this, that situation we were describing earlier, who has maybe said, you know what, it's, I, I can't. I can't go. I, it's, it's too hard on me right now. I don't see God, anything that's going on around me or someone who is maybe thinking about, Hey, I haven't been to confession in, in 25 years and maybe it's, it's time to go. You, I'm giving you the pulpit, so to speak. Well, what would you say to someone who would, who would watch that this morning uh, as, as we get closer to Easter and is thinking about some of those big thoughts, what would you say? Well, uh, I was speaking at the beginning of, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, Easter, I mean, Lenten season is opportunity to, you know, come out from your obscurity, from your darkness, from your tomb, from your sins. It, it's, an, it's an opportunity to give you, you give, give you to yourself a second chance, a second opportunity to start working with God. Probably you, you tried it several times, so hard, and you did it once, twice, three times, but uh, this is another opportunity with God. Because probably before you did it uh, just by yourself, humanly speaking, you know. But if you if you allow yourself to be with you, things are gonna be different. I don't promise you that it's gonna there are not gonna be any any difficulties or or everything is gonna be easy. No, yeah. things are gonna be just different. Working with God is a different experience. Uh, is working with our Lord. Uh, is he's conducting you, he's directing you, he's leading your life, and that's going to be beautiful. Uh, you're going to feel the experience. Please uh, do not hesitate to come on Easter and, uh, and prepare yourself and to celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. It's not only a history. It's not a piece of the history. It's not in a, in a, in a piece of the book. And, oh, Catholics celebrate Easter, and it's, it's a beautiful. No. Is, is Jesus Christ uh, coming to new life, bringing you to new life in your life? Is you, you know, getting up from the, from the tomb, you know, and coming to yeah. life and say, hey, this is wonderful, this is great, Jesus Christ is with me, I'm feeling much better, and managing the situation in a much better, for a different way, and uh, I think God is with me, and, uh, and that's about Easter, is coming to new life, it's changing the old way and coming to another way and, and, and a new way with our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, uh, please don't hesitate. Go to your church. It doesn't matter. Uh, please just come over and and remember, knock the door and it's gonna be right there. Uh, don't don't stay by yourself because uh, you can manage the things by yourself always. You need to be enlightened by somebody. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and that's what we're going to celebrate on Easter time. That that light comes and enlightens the place that we are, and that's going to be different. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people are feeling that need to get up off the mat or get out of the darkness right now as we uh, go into more than a year now 
of this pandemic. And Father, I, I really, I can't thank you enough. I, I, I really appreciate your time this morning for this conversation. It was cool to see some of your beautiful church there behind you and, and for your time. I'm, I'm really thankful. Thank you so, so much. Well, thank you, Taylor, for your time. I thank you for the good questions. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep in touch. And thank you to uh, Action News Channel 41. Uh, may the Lord bless you all. Bless your Lenten season. Uh, and bless already your Easter. And please uh, let us celebrate this uh, uh, with the restrictions that allow us, you know, to celebrate it maybe in a better way that was last year. Last year was sad. It was very difficult. Now things are getting better for our city and for our uh, for our community, uh, for the whole city of Kansas City and for the whole country. Thanks be to God. Uh, uh, hopefully, we learn the lesson from the from the pandemic, so we can be together as one family, whatever we need to to be uh, celebrating Jesus Christ, uh, resurrection, life, and and light as well. Blessings to all of you. Thank you.